my brothers and sisters in the Lord, as we enter into this holy season of Advent, one of our themes is the theme that the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. And certainly, my brothers and sisters, during the holy season of Advent, we prepare our hearts and our minds to enter back into that historical coming of the Lord so that the Lord Jesus may be born again in our hearts at the Feast of the Nativity. We also look at the second coming of the Lord when he will come again as we profess in the creed to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end, that coming at the end of time, the establishment in totality of his kingdom. And certainly as St. Bernard of Claveau often spoke about the Lord's third coming, which is his coming in the present moment, the here and now, the constant coming of the Lord into your life and mine if our heart is open to receive his presence. But as we begin the Advent season, as we hear in the gospel today, our focus is on that second coming, the second Advent, when the Lord will come again. And the images that Jesus uses in the gospel today, taken from the evangelist St. Luke, are very powerful images. In some ways, they're very frightening images. There'll be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and the earth will be in dismay. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming on the world, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. My brothers and sisters, those are very strong images. And oftentimes when we speak about the second coming, people begin to have a little anxiety about what that's going to look like. It sort of reminds me of what happened in 1938. I don't know if anyone's old enough here that was born in 1938. But in 1938, Orson Welles on the radio did a dramatization of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. And if you've ever read War of the Worlds, it's about a Martian invasion, pretty much. And the dramatization was done so well on the radio that a majority of the Americans believed we were being invaded by Martians. And anxiety began to become very much heightened. In fact, there are many stories about what occurred during this dramatization on the radio. One of the stories was about an actor at the time who lived on Madison Avenue in New York City. He, becomes, he became so frightened at the Martian invasion that he raised St. Bernard dogs. And because he was so frightened, he went down to the kennel, he opened the door, his five or six dogs, he threw them and told them, go out in the street, and his words were, fend for yourselves. My brothers and sisters, in our own spiritual life, how many times is that our motto? It's all coming to an end, fend for yourselves, every man for himself. Oftentimes we live like that because we live in fear. But notice, my brothers and sisters, even with this very powerful imagery, notice what Jesus says. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect, raise your heads, because your redemption is at hand. It's not meant to be a frightening experience, not for those of us who believe, not for those of us who are people of faith. Stand erect. 
because the power and majesty of, and glory of God is breaking into the world. And how is that return going to happen? We see the wonderful image. The Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now we have to remember, my brothers and sisters, that the cloud, that is a very biblical image. And for biblical imagery, the cloud often represents mystery and the presence of God. And we see the image of the cloud used throughout sacred scripture. In the Old Testament, when Moses was on Mount Sinai, Sinai, the Lord said to Moses, I am coming to you on a cloud. When the temple was rebuilt by King Solomon, when it was rededicated, if you read in scripture, it says that a cloud filled the temple during the rededication. It was a symbol of the presence of God there in the temple. Skip to the Old Testament, move forward. On Mount Tabor, the disciples go up with Jesus and he is transfigured. And there is Elijah and Moses, the law and the prophets. And there's this conversation going on. And of course, as we well know, Peter begins to speak and he begins to talk and he begins to do this and begins to do that. And what happens? He, he begins to shut up because a cloud comes. And the voice of the Father comes from the cloud. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. The cloud is a very profound biblical image of the presence of God. Now, my brothers and sisters, maybe 10 years ago, when we spoke about clouds, most people would reference those fluffy things up in the air. But in our modern generation, when we speak about the cloud, especially for younger people, the cloud is where all your data is stored. It's all in the cloud somewhere. I work in the cloud. I think there's a lot of people who live in the clouds, but that's a whole nother homily. I work in the cloud. And certainly, my brothers and sisters, we think about those images of the cloud, and I give you that image because as we begin the season of Advent, we must remember, my friends, Apple doesn't own the cloud. Google doesn't own the cloud. Amazon doesn't own the cloud. It is God who owns the cloud. It is God's presence breaking in amongst us. And that is so very important as we live out our life. Because as we begin this season of Advent, my brothers and sisters, as we look at the Lord's second coming, oftentimes when we look to the future, we look with fear. We look with trepidation. We look with anxiety. But as we hear in scripture today, my dear friends, when we look to the future, we should not be living in fear, but we should be living in joy. We should not be living bogged down by our trials and tribulations and our struggles, but we should be living in wonderful anticipation and expectation of what the Lord is going to do in our lives how the Lord is going to work in our lives. And why can we have that sort of expectation, that joyful, expectant faith? It's because God, my friends, is always faithful to his promises. 
God is always faithful to his promises. What does Jesus say in the gospel? I will be with you always, even until the end of the world. God is always faithful. It reminds me of a little story someone told me a few weeks ago. There was an elderly woman who was homebound, couldn't get out of her bed. She lived on the fifth floor of an apartment complex. Now, this particular apartment complex was very run down, very raggedy, and a very not so great part of the city. But once a week, a friend of hers would go and visit her. Well, this particular week, the friend decided to bring a friend along with her. And this other individual had never been to the apartment complex, never went to visit the woman before. And so when they arrive, they walk into the apartment building, and these two women are talking to one another, and they are, they are on the first floor. And the friend who had never been there before looks at the other lady, and she says, this is a horrible place. It is so run down, it is so raggedy, it is so trashy. How can anyone live here? And her friend looks over to her and says, oh yes, but it's so much better higher up. And they have this conversation very similar on the second floor and the third floor and all the way until they get to the fifth floor. And when they get to the fifth floor, they go into the woman's apartment. And there she is in her bed with this huge smile on her face, radiating the love of Jesus. And they begin this conversation. And during the conversation, the friend who had never been there before, she says to the woman there in the bed, she said, I feel so sorry for you. You have to live in this horrible place, all run down and raggedy. And the woman there in the bed, she just smiles and she said, oh yes, my dear, this is a horrible place to live. But you know what? It's so much better higher up. My brothers and sisters, that's what we believe. It is so much better higher up. This world is not all there is. And sometimes that's how we live. We live, my friends, because we know that God is faithful to his promises. And because God is faithful to his promises, we're also reminded, my brothers and sisters, that God never forgets and he never abandons his people. He never forgets and he never abandons his people. What do we read in the prophet Isaiah? If a mother forgets her baby, or a woman the child within her womb, even if these forget, I will never forget my own. We're carved in the palm of the Lord's hand. Do we really believe that? And if we do, my brothers and sisters, we wouldn't be living like, fend for yourselves. The world is coming to an end. But we'd be living in joy. There's a wonderful image many, many years ago. True story. A woman was flying with her four-year-old daughter. And as they were taking off, the plane began to have a lot of trouble. And not just a little trouble, the trouble was so bad that as you were looking out the window, parts of the plane were actually coming off. And you could see the parts just flying across where the windows were. And so this was almost immediately after takeoff, and so the pilot was going to try to make an emergency landing back at the airport. And the woman says to her daughter, the mother says to her daughter, the four-year-old, she says, you know I love you. And I will always love you. And after saying that to her, she takes the four-year-old into her arms and she cuddles her and she puts her arms around her as a shield while they're making this emergency landing. My brothers and sisters, that is an image of our God. 
And he says to us, do you know that I love you? Even though at times we're not faithful, even at times we're in our sinfulness, do you know that I love you? Do you know that you're in the palm of my hand? That no matter what the trial or tribulation or anxiety is this day, I will provide. And he always does. You see, my brothers and sisters, that's why in this holy season, we should have expectant joy and we should be a people of hope all the days of our life. No matter what it is that we face this day. I remember a woman that I met many, many years ago. She adopted 10 children, 10 children. And in adopting 10 children, she was a domestic worker. Her salary wasn't large. And I remember asking her one day, how do you do it? And she looked at me and she said, and she smiled with this big old smile. She said, I do it because I see a new heaven coming. My brothers and sisters, what about us? No matter what today looks like or tomorrow looks like, do we see a new heaven coming? Do we believe that God is faithful to his promises, that he always provides? The Lord is coming, my friends, in power and majesty. And we must always remember, my dear brothers and sisters, that as the Lord comes to us, as he comes to us on that wonderful image of a cloud, it is God who owns the cloud. Not Apple, not Amazon, not Google, not Alexa, not Siri. It is God who provides for his people.